Alright guys, welcome. I'm going to be going over the PGA DFS plays for the Desert Classic. And I just want to give you guys an audio cast, podcast of my picks. It'll pretty much be a audio version of the write-up that I do on Tuesdays. So, I know some people at work, they you know, would rather listen to the podcast than read over the picks. You know, you want to look like you're working at work. <laughs> so, that's kind of what I'm trying to do here. And it just gives me a chance to get a little bit more in-depth with the plays themselves. So, the Desert Classic, it used to be called the Career Builder Challenge. Um, it, the tournament is played on three different courses. Um, and so, it has three rounds in which the, uh, the players play. And then there's a cut, and then there's the final round. This is a Pro-Am event as well. So one of the things I look at this week, stats-wise, was actually just course history, always current form. I looked at total driving, ball striking, par-5 scoring, because there's going to be a total of 12 par-5s that the players get to play on. So that's going to be key. And then I also just look at players that are super consistent. Uh, they kind of just, you know, they go out and play well every single week no matter what the conditions are, those players are not going to be affected by the program. So those are some of the players that I'm looking at. But as always, I want to do a quick recap of last week. The Sony Open, now it was a pretty good week. Had, you know, a lot of our lineups cashing. It's a really good week. Uh, second straight week in a row in which the full tournament field lineups dominated. So that was really nice. We did have the winner in Matt Kuchar. That was really nice. Um, he was one of our top 10 owned players out of the 22 that we suggested. So that was really nice. Um, three of the top players that we suggested, Mark Leishman, Chez Reavy, and Charles Howell all finished within the top 10. So that was really nice. Two of those players finished inside the top three. Um, so it was a really good week overall. Six out of 10 players in our player pool made the top 10. Then our value play of the week, uh, Dominic Bazzelli. He made the cut. He finished T33 overall, so it was really nice. A lot of people are probably going to jump on him. Just like 9 to 5 Sports was on him first. You know, just throwing it out there. You know, we like to get ahead of the game rather than be behind it. So I uh, just want to call that out. But let's get into the Desert Classic. Um, one thing that I do want to mention about DraftKings specifically is that the player pool is a lot tighter this week. The pricing's tighter. Just overall, it's going to be a lot harder. We're going to be playing up for some players that we don't exactly want to. Um, let's start off with the high tier here, though. The easy players are going to be people like John Rahm and Justin Rose. John Rahm's a former winner at this course. He won it last year. And then the year before that, you know, it was a top 20 finish. So, you know, he's just playing... Yeah, I mean, he's the second best player in this field. The best player in this field is going to be Justin Rose. Um, he did switch irons. I don't know if that's going to have a big effect on him. I know with some players it does. It kind of takes him a little bit to get used to that. But he's a world-class player. He's probably the best golfer right now on the PGA Tour. Um, he, to me, he had the best year last year. Um, I know Brooks Koepka won two majors, but that's all he really did. Justin Rose was the most consistent player last year you know, dominant-wise. Um, so far this year, he has two top three finishes in the two events that he's played on the PGA Tour. So, you know, I really like him as a play. He might have a little bit lower ownership just because he hasn't played as much recently. So maybe you can gain leverage on that. We'll have to see kind of what the ownership projection is going to be like for him. So I don't mind that play. Charles Howell the third. So I'm curious to this. I wonder what his ownership will be because we're paying up for him at a really high price here. Uh, you know, something that I don't really like to do is pay up for players like this, you know, cut makers that, you know, are popping stat-wise. 
Um, but, you know, obviously he's going to make the cut. He probably will get you at least a top 30 finish. His average finish um, this year so far is 24th overall. Um, his average finish at this event, or his course history in the last three years at this event, is an 8th finish, 14th finish, and a 1st. So, obviously he's doing really well. I messed that up, guys. Let me... His average finish at this course is 24th overall in the last four years. In his last three events, he's finished 8th, 14th, and he had a 1st. So obviously in really good current form, has really good course history, and he's one of the best stat fits on my player pool. He's top five as a stat fit, so I really like him. Another player that I really like was Chaz Reeby. His course history is T36, T12, and T17. So obviously, you know, he has really good course history. His average finish this year is 24th overall in all the events that he's played, and he is also the second best stat fit. So Charles Howell, and Chaz Reeby are going to be core plays for me. I'm going to be trying to fit those players into my cash builds if I can. Uh, Aaron Wise is a GPP option that I really do like. He's a young player, and he can go out and score. In this um, three-round cut type of field, you want to attack uh, players that can score, and you want to attack players that are going to go out and be able to score on these 12 par fives that there are. At this course, he had a T17 and a T34. So I like that. His average finish this year so far is 17th overall. So obviously I really like that. I'm going to be trying to get some Aaron Wise in a lot of my GPP lineups. Now, if you want to go with someone like Andrew Putnam, I don't blame you. I'm not going to be going there, you know, especially in events where they're not typical events where players get more rounds. You need to be able to uh, take a chance and you can't have your player pool be as big. Now there's some players that I have to just X out of my player pool just because I'm trying to gain an edge. You can't recommend 30 players. Um, the most I like to do per week is 25. Now maybe if there's a major, I'll go up a little bit to 30 just because there's more players in that tournament. But I'll never try to go over 25 when I'm giving you know, suggested picks. Andrew Putnam is one of those guys who just barely missed the cut on my player pool. Uh, Ed, Adam Hadwin's a guy that I'm not going to be playing I just don't see the upside as much with him. Now, he could definitely go out and win it, but out of the players that I suggested, I like him the least. Uh, let's drop it down a little bit lower to my favorite player probably this year so far because I've recommended him in three straight tournaments. That's going to be Scott Piercy. Last year at this course, he had a T6. In his last six events, his average finish is 16th overall, so obviously I've been hitting on him. You know, in the last three events, he's done really well for me, so I can't really go away from Scott Piercy and be trying to fit him into a lot of my cash lineups as well. Patton Kazire was one of those guys last week for me that just barely missed out on the player pool. I did have slight ownership to him because he was really chalky at the end of the week, so I had to get some ownership on him. Um, so that did pay off for me last week. Just, you know, that's one thing I want to touch on. You got to look at the ownership each and every week. The ownership will kind of tell you what you should do, especially when you're getting lower into the values here. Now, he has been praying really well this year. Uh, he's made six out of six cuts this year. In his last three events, he's finished T13, T8, and T15. So, obviously, three top 20s in a row. His course history at this course is T42, T50, and T42. So, he does have some good course history. We're mostly looking at that current form. His stat fit, he's decent stat fit for this course as well. The cash play that I'm going to be going with the most, just because he's similar to Chaz Reeve, Charles Howell, and Scott Piercy, is going to be Lucas Glover. He's the cheapest of them. He can be your anchor this week for your lineups. His average finish this year so far has been 12th overall in the events that he's played. His course history average finish in the last four years is 25 
overall, or 25th finish overall. And, you know, he's just the third best outfit. So I'm going to be paying down a little bit more trying to get Lucas Glover into a lot of my builds. Hudson Swafford was a play that I do really like. Um, <clears throat> on the video, I couldn't touch on him as much this week. His course history is pretty good. He has a T29. He did win it. Then T56 and a miscut. So he does have some pretty good course history. Um, he's six out of six uh, cuts made this year. And last week he's coming off a T3. So we're going to try to ride the hot hand with Hudson Swafford a little bit. Ryan Palmer is going to be more of a GPP option. I think it's going to help him given the fact that it is um, a three-round cut event. Uh, he normally just seems to have like one horrible round. That's just kind of my perception. Uh, but at this course, or so far this year, he has two top fin top ten finishes um, at his course history. At this course is a T20, a miscut, a T17, and a T10. So all that being said, he does make for a great GPP option. Don't really mind that. Uh, Sanjay M, he's a great stat fit. You know, I've recommended him. Um, in the two tournaments that he's done really well in. Um, so I really don't mind him. He is a rookie that you can definitely go with. Uh, it's just a good stat fit. You know, last week he had a T16. So he was in the player pool last week, and he's going to be a good stat fit for you again this week. So not a horrible play. Let's drop it down a little bit. It's going to go with Brandon Steele. Now, he's not a play that I love too much, uh, but his course history is pretty good. He has an average finish of 15th overall. He's second in ball striking, third in total driving. So I just can't ignore him completely. I don't like him as much as some of the other players that I'm going to recommend. Richie Wierenski, his course history is pretty good. T29 and T2 in the two years that he's played it. So he's had two top 30 finishes, one top 10 in the two years that he's played it. He's five for five out of cuts made this year. And three of those have been top 25 finishes. So I think if I was going to give him a projection, <clears throat> ooh, sorry, it'd be uh, to finish in top 30. I'm going to be trying to get some high ownership to him as well. He'll be one of my top five players owned this week. Joaquin Neiman is a guy that hasn't played in a while, so I don't really like that. He is five for five out of cuts made. He is a guy that can go out and score, though, as well. I believe if he had played recently, he would kind of be up there in the price of Aaron Wise. Get the discount while you can with Joaquin Neiman. Um, he should be able to go out and score and at least provide that value for you this week. Uh, Brian Gay, he is a former winner. That was a while ago. That was like six years ago, though. Um, last year, he did have a top 50 at this course. Last week, he had a uh, T22. Uh, and so far this year, he's six out of six cuts made, so he should at least make the cut. I, he's just not popping completely for me, to be honest with you. I just He's not the best stat fit going into this, but if we want to ride the course history and the decent current form, you can definitely go with that. <clears throat> Same is going to be said with someone like Harris English and Nick Watney. Uh, Harris English, six out of six cuts made this year. Last week he had a T20-22 uh, finish, so that's that's all right. His course history so far in the last two years is T11 and T30, so not horrible as well. Nick Watney, you know, he's a good stat fit. He does have okay course history, not the best. I had a T50 and then two missed cuts, and then he had a 14th overall finish, so not horrible. Don't like it as much, though. Um, someone in this kind of section of the pricing is Zach Johnson. He is one of my favorite players to play mostly each and every year. I don't think his game is right right now. Now, he could definitely make the cut this week and could definitely go out and just you know do really well. I just can't ride. He, he, is, he does have two missed cuts this year already, which is not typical for him. 
I'm going to be fading him this week. He definitely could go on pop, but I just can't I can't ride that. I like to target guys who I have high confidence in that are going to make the cut. Now, it doesn't matter as much this week being that it's a three-round cut event, but still, I'm going to be going with that approach in any full tournament field that I can. Ryan Armour is one of those guys that do have some decent confidence that he is going to make the cut. Uh, so far this year, his average finish is 29th overall in six events that he's played. He isn't the best at finishing. He doesn't have the best course history, but I don't really mind him. Scott Brown is a guy that can go out and put up some scores. He had a T3 last week. Uh, you know, at this event, he hasn't dominated. Uh, his course history is uh, T63 and T58, and then two missed cuts. The key with this is that his scoring was higher than most players that finished around that range just because he can go out and score, like I mentioned. Uh, Grayson Murray is an interesting option. He's a player I don't want to touch on. Spend a little bit more time on. So with Murray, he has had this back injury that has been bothering him, causing him to play really bad recently. He like missed three cuts in a row. He's just horrible. Just played really bad. Uh, so that he was blaming on the back injury. Hasn't played in a long time. He's going to play in this event. Uh, but one thing I want to watch and monitor um, maybe via Twitter, maybe try to catch some footage, maybe tweet some people that are at the tournament, see what he looks like, see if his back is bothering him, because if it's not, he's going to make for a really interesting option. His course history is phenomenal at this course. Um, He does it by bombing it down the fairway. He has a T14 and a T12 finish at this course and the two years that he's played it, so you can see why I like him. I I do want to check Twitter and just see kind of where he's at this week. Right now, I'm going to have some decent ownership to him, but that can easily change. And now, Dominic Bazzelli. Obviously, I'm going to be rolling with him again. He's playing really well this year. In his last three events, his average finish is 33rd overall. His course history, he does have a missed cut, but he also had a fifth overall finish. So that's hard for me to ignore. I'm going to be trying to play him a lot. He's probably going to be my sixth highest owned player. If I was trying to make some cash plays, let's go over each tier. My favorite cash plays in each tier. Uh, I already mentioned Charles Howell III. I do like Ches Reeve as well. Uh, Scott Piercy and Lucas Glover are going to be some really nice cash options for you. I really like Richie Wierenski. And then you could definitely roll with Dominic Bazzelli as another cash play for you. Hope you guys enjoyed the vi- or, ooh, audio cast podcast. Uh, thanks for listening. And, well, stop in again next week. Definitely check out the article. Let me know what you guys like the most, actually. Do you like the videos the most? Do you like the podcast the most? Do you like the article the most? Or do you just want me to tweet out a lineup to you guys? All right, thanks for listening.